Can you answer me a question? Um, sure. Why the fuck don't we have the cause for migraines? Why? Why don't we have... The brain is there an are enough extremely migraine complex sufferers. organ. Don't give me that shit. Come on. Well, this okay. So they're just brought on everyone, by if you want to know, I have a, I have a migraine right now. I'm a migraine sufferer. I know what my triggers are. Sometimes I can't get to it in time, and I wake up with a migraine. So I shouldn't okay, eat pork so, rinds into the microphone. Yeah, don't eat pork rinds in the microphone. It triggers my migraines. But I mean, it's it's I've I've gotten to a point where I can control it. You know, usually migraine sufferers, their migraines peak in their 30s, and then gradually it goes down over the decade, so you don't get them all that often. I have the genetic thing with my grandma. My grandma got migraines, and I got migraines. None of my other what if it was family magic? members got migraines. What if it what, what if huh? actually was happening was your grandma was like, I'm suffering! So she put your hands on your head, and she was like, you're now going to suffer okay. too! Great, great. Yeah. So we're, we're going to use magic in our science pod, uh, podcast, are we? Great. Yeah, it was magic. My grandma put a curse on me before she died yeah of course no i started i started getting them in like high school and it was awful before i learned what my you know what was causing them and what my warning sign was that i was going to get them um Do you i was see, like purple shit some people have aura they see auras i went not not literal or magic auras but they see colors yeah but i didn't i've never get auras what i get is a a pre-headache a pre, what i call my pre-migraine migraine and so when I get the pre-migraine migraine, I'll take usually one, you know, Excedrin. I'll use a brand name. Fuck it. I'll take an Excedrin, and, and it'll take care of it, and it never develops into a full-blown migraine. Or, and this is one that I didn't realize until I was halfway through my 30s, if there is something important that I've been planning on for a very long time, the day that it happens, I get a migraine, right? So let's say... Hey, okay. hey, hey, I wonder, and I've also wondered, I know I don't get migraines, but I do suffer from insomnia, seasonal, and it's okay. been bad these past few weeks. Is However, really? they always coincide with nights where I have to get up early, and also mm. if I am if I am planning something for weeks on end, like say uh, next week I'm going to take what's te- what's called the tease test, which is a test for nursing school. Okay, where someone comes out and just teases you. No, it's. Oh, you want? You think you're going to be a nurse? Look at you, <laughs> nurse. I forgot what the acronym means, but. Uh, okay. Um, essentially, you. I know what. Ha- I know what's going to happen. Even though the test is at four o'clock in the afternoon and it's till eight o'clock mm-hmm. at night, I am going to. I am not. I. I'm going to leave work uh, eleven o'clock on Wednesday night, and I am probably not going to be able to sleep until three a.m. And then I will be up at the ass crack of dawn, five thirty. Well, I think that's probably your body dumping adrenaline into your system. All right. So what if they had similar causes? That's a possibility, what if, but I mean, what if, if insomnia you look up migraine... Is, yeah. I am, I am in pain when I don't sleep. I, I fucking uh, hate... And not only do I hate everybody, I'm, I'm not only emotionally drained, but I feel... I feel agitated and guilty for no reason about stuff that no, that's from weird. 30 years ago. I have intrusive thoughts. I've never thoughts. felt guilty. I have. Well, yes, I mean, but that... what if it's an effect on the brain that has something to do with, like, the, the, it's a similar thing. That's all I'm trying to say. I don't know. I mean, back in my 20s, I I remember um, playing Final Fantasy VII and staying up all night playing it. 
like up all night and then going to work and i felt a little tired but i was okay there's no way i could do it now oh yeah i don't think i could stay up all night now i would i would die and what if they brought back you would say up all night remember that no that yes you do (laughs) well you're getting away from my question why i mean i understand the brain is complicated and there's lots of chemicals and bullshit and all that other stuff but why can't they just come up with a nice, non-addictive, <coughs> instant pain relief? Okay. Maybe for, you should try migraine. Reiki. They can almost touch you for the low, low price of nine ninety nine. Did you really just bring up magic and Reiki on our science podcast? And I also brought in our famous Manny DeRusso. <laughs> well, that sounds like it's time to start the show. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinetific Institute. I am podcast professor Jason Harding. And I am podcast professor Atticus Blake. And on this show, we take a movie science and put it under the microscope to... S- microscope? The microscope, microscope. to see if... <laughs> I want some microscope. I make microscope. You it's make great. your own You can't soap. see it. You do not. Yeah, yeah, okay. What, what does it do? <laughs> you can't see well, it. Well, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Is it for men with tiny penises? Go on, no, on. it's for it's for water bears so they can stay clean. You you sir, you look like you have trouble pleasing your wife. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we put it under the microscope to see if it stands up to scientific scrutiny. And this time around, we're taking a movie that no one likes and any barely anyone remembers except for I love except this for movie. Professor I hate Blake. It. I hate it. I hate it at the same time. It's a and bad movie. And he made me watch it for this fucking. This a, fucking podcast, so Jason, <laughs> what movie are we doing? What is it? What's this the fucking week, movie? This week we are doing Daryl, the 1985 classic film that should have been made for TV, but was released in theaters and didn't even quite cover its budget when it went in that game. And the only reason that I initially liked it when I was five years old or six years old was because it had somebody I was physically attracted to. A boy you were crushing on, yes. He was 12 and I was six and I wanted him to always sweep me off my feet. Great. (laughs) I'm so glad. Uh, But it's got a lot of goofy science concepts in it, so... Right. Okay. Yeah, really goofy. Anyway, um, before we can dissect and chop apart that frickin' robot boy. Um, we, you know, we're pretty smart, or we're actually kind of dumb. I'm pretty, pretty smart. Pretty dumb. And people, <laughs> And people like to call us out when we're stupid. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, shit. I thought I accidentally deleted all of my questions from my phone. Shit. See what I mean? That anyway, <laughs> so we call the section where people write us to let us know how dumb we are. We were fucking wrong. Okay, so these are responses from our last podcast in which we covered the science of Predator. Bad movie. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. What I'll say is this. I, I liked it, but it's not nearly as entertaining when you get older than it was. I, for me, I just when I watched it when I was I'm a kid, I was like, I'm still entertained. Great. I still yeah. love the movie. But I'm also, I, you might not feel the same way about Alien. And I, I can still be entertained by watching Alien. I still I still love Alien. Oh, all right. I still do. Maybe I, I never grew out of Daryl, but for some reason I yeah, grew, you out never of... <laughs> grew out of Daryl. Uh, all right, all right. So our first comment comes from Michael Microbloganism, our oh, little, little twelve year old Danish friend. 
<laughs> who, who's 17 feet tall. He's 17 um, feet tall. He's 12 years old. On you talking about the Cavendish when we were first, uh, when we did Oh, the banana, open, yeah. Mm-hmm. He says the Cavendish is actually the one that we have now. The gross Michael is the one that almost went extinct due to the fungal disease, which is now attacking the Cavendish. Well, okay. All right. All right. I reversed them. I'm sorry. It was the Gromichel that died out, and now okay. we're doing the Cavendish. Is that what he's saying? Yes. Kill okay. Them. But I'm they're sorry, all clones, that. so you can just keep making them anyway. No, no, no but no. <laughs> the mold kills off the plants faster than we can grow the fruit. Okay, but we it have is... sequenced its genome. Why can't we just, like, make banana eggs? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. To be completely okay. clear, audience, I am kidding. I have a fucking bachelor's That's your degree in biology. The name of your first album is Banana Eggs. <laughs> That's what I'll draw next. All right. So I don't want to see them. Draw me like one of your banana eggs. I don't want to see what banana eggs look like. Draw me like one of your banana eggs. Okay. And when we were talking about plasma, microblogginism says yes. Plasma does have electrons. It's just hot enough they uh, that they have enough energy to escape the nuclei. Plasmas okay. are sort of like nuclei and, nuclei and electron soup. Okay. Okay. Because so I had said that they, that I believe plasma does is just literally protons. Um, right. So he's saying it's more like a soup. Okay. Well, I right. don't want any in the face. Because we were speculating on what his gun could possibly be firing. Very true. Okay. So okay. Uh, when on talking about antimatter, uh, Micro also says CERN literally has an antimatter factory and storage uh, for the antimatter tanks, so it can do experiments with it. It's not like they have enough of it that you can see it. Looking at you, angels and demons, which is true that in the movie yeah, they, they actually have like demons. a jar with it in there and, and right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why? We're going to have to do the science of angels and demons, then. Oh, that's just one thing. That's it. That's the only thing. No. <laughs> if we, if you want to do a one, one, one episode where you and I just do bit parts from movies that are wrong, I think that we, that would be fun. Okay. Where we just, we just grab things from movies where it's completely scientifically inaccurate, and we're just like, fuck that shit. That's anyway, most so, movies. Anyway. Says, but... <laughs> Still, no, it's just a few particles that did and were gone in the blink of an eye. Uh, they mm-hmm. even made di- anti-hydrogen atoms. Oh, wow. Oh. So it had positrons with... Okay, cool, cool. All right, so on talking They're going to destroy us all. <laughs> on talking about the alien uh, itself, my, uh, Micro, oh, right. the predator. Micro says... Uh, he went all out this episode. He he commented, like, I'm pretty We sure. have other people we have to talk about. Yeah, but we're... We, we're okay, fine. Let's not give him too many bites of the apple. Other people wrote it. Okay. Well, he says his favorite stupid alien design trope is the female aliens having boobs, despite the fact that breasts like that permanently enlarged, um, even when not producing milk, is something unique to humans. Yeah, Star Trek. Boobs. (laughs) (laughs) Tits. (laughs) But you can also get angry at the fantasy genre as well, because usually you'll see the same thing. You know, you have a race that's not humans, but their females all have tits. They all have four tits. They have four gigantic bazonga don't, tits. They don't usually just two. They no, it's four. they have boobs on their shoulders, and they they breast boobily into the room, and they're <laughs> they're just a sack of boobs. There's no <laughs> legs. They're just like. <laughs> and then they, they meet up with a sack of dicks that are all 12 inches long and want to and want a titty fuck. <laughs> okay. Yeah, anyway. anyway. Uh, Francois Lacombe says the minigun is actually designed to, con- to fire continuously without overheating. 
the other guns are not. However, the real problem in that scene is how long the guns are able to fire. A normal True. machine gun clip would it be uh, expended in one or two seconds. Yes, I, I do. It was like rat-a-tat-tat-tat for like three minutes straight from one I gun. was not aware that the... I guess because <clears throat> of the revolving barrel. The revolving barrel means that it has several barrels in which it's shooting, so it doesn't heat up. That makes that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes like the sense. scene in Terminator Two, which we're probably also going to have to do at some point. Yeah, at some point we're going to do it. We're doing enough goddamn robots anyway. We're cybernetic organism. Uh huh. Um, okay. No, and that also makes sense. And we've neglected to bring it up that they're just constantly firing, and they don't seem to be reloading mm. their machine guns at all. So uh, Francois also says, actually, it would be technologically uh, made from ball lightning when talking about the the, the weapon. Um, denser okay. and hotter than natural things, something like that would be quite devastating. Um, although I gotta say, I don't know how many instances of ball, like, I, I don't think I've looked up ball lightning, like it, uh, how, ball how lightning it occurs, when it occurs, yeah. uh, people have said they've seen it, uh, some people said they can make it and produce it on film, I, I don't, I, I don't know, it may be Photoshop for all I know, when well, that Photoshop, ball lightning's a thing, yeah. it's a thing, it's been reported for centuries, mm. people, uh, more than likely, that's where we get our, our myths about, you know, like the will of the wisp, you know, these, these funky lights that are off in the distance luring men to the Oh no, those are actually, you know, you know, will o' wisps. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. Um, okay, so Francois, when I was talking about uh, how I, I, I understood that antimatter uh, moves backward through time, um, he said antimatter particles are identical to matter counterparts, except that they have opposite electric charges, spin, and magnetic moment. Mathematically, mm. antimatter, part- antimatter particles can be treated like matter particles moving backward in time, but that's just in the math, which is what I said. So he's technically not correcting me. He's just saying, yes, that's true. A piece of antimatter okay. would thermodynamically be behave like it's uh, matter equivalent. So what he's saying was that if you had a uh, a rock made of antimatter, um, the math says that the particles themselves are moving backward through time, but if you dropped it, it would still move towards the center of the Earth, just like a regular rock. Okay. It wouldn't magically float and then come back to my hand. Like, it's not going to do that. Right. I, it's I think still subject to the physical world. Mm-hmm. It has mass. But the particles themselves are moving backward in time. <laughs> okay. No more head Science. hurting stuff. Who else? All right. Someone new. Esper. E-S-P-R. Hello, um, Esper. The Selefim is a particularly famous example of... We were talking about the plants in the beginning of the episode. You were talking about... Yes. Okay. Is an example of a plant prized by humans believed to have gone extinct, popularly used as a contraceptive medicine and spice. The cute, oh. the cute reason I thought it... In, I, I was taught it in school was over-cultivation with abstinence teachings uh, subtext, subtext of... Because those Romans couldn't keep it in their pants long enough to let a few healthy plants survive. Though these days, uh, in uh, it and many other potential cures are debated enough that officially it's not even certain if the plant is extinct. Oh, okay. okay. So it could be surviving somewhere in the wild. Yes. Okay. Um, that question was about whether or not in our past we have foods or plants that we cultivated at one time that have gone extinct that we know nothing about. Or, you know, that we do know something and we just, they're just not present anymore. They're gone, right? Yep. All right. I mean, I think we're having trouble finding some of the wild versions of our crops that we cultivate now because a lot of our crops are genetically similar and we, we are looking for the wild variants in order to make them more genetically healthy mm. or sturdy, if you want to put it that way. Okay. Um, 
Hello, who is it? That's food coming. Hey, everybody, science food is on the way, so... <laughs> is it the dog? You're going to eat the dog? No, the dog will bark if the dog is not on my lap. Oh, okay. All right. I'm thinking of our listeners. Red Meridian says, uh, with this idea that the markets help develop current fruits and vegetables, you are assuming that the market isn't controlled by a, a cabal or organization, you know, like they always have been. Uh, and he's probably mm-hmm. right. Um, I mean, that's something to consider when considering the plants that may have gone extinct. That there was, what was the, what There was were organizations that were controlling what fruits and vegetables would be purchased and bought and developed and prized and, I mean. It's, that's a possibility. I mean, if you take a look at any of the ancient texts, specifically Hebrew texts, they had a lot of rules about what they can and can't eat. That's a cabal that right be- there. No. Yeah, yeah. Um... um <laughs> But I could see a system in place that could potentially wipe out some crops in favor of others. Yeah, that's 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 a definite possibility. Also, I think Red Meridian is new. Uh, he's commented on the on the other podcasts. I've seen. Oh, him. okay, yeah. cool. Um, that Brit nerd who is who I know has commented on uh, other stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said another stereotype from someone who hasn't visited England. Rolling <laughs> eyes. This idea I, of... I bet it's about food. We said we probably said something about boiled scones or something. We probably did, and look... Wait, wait, wait. I'm not... Let me read the rest of his comment first. Okay, go for this, it. Go uh, for and it. I didn't know this. This idea about England came during World War II when rationing was in effect. Food and ways to flavor food were very sparse, and America GIs mm. came, who were in England at the time, ate this food, uh, came home, and basically said English food sucks, providing no context for this issue however i have eaten english food i yeah, have so have I. and it's it was bland and that's and that's not, not be- mine bland to me no what i'm what i mean is because and he is right in a way because i am so americanized i put fucking salt on my ice cream i don't but, oh but, my you know, god i'm kidding i'm saying but what i'm saying is you know me yeah. jason i have explained that when i make chocolate sauce i don't just take hershey's syrup i put butter in it yeah, he puts butter in his chocolate and then, sauce. And cinnamon. And then it hardens on top of my ice cream. And I crumple up Reese's peanut butter cups and melt <sighs> them and put it in. Okay. So when I say it's bland, I'm saying it from, from a more, I'm I'm so used to my tongue having acrid, salty flavors on my in my mouth. <laughs> Dude, I've eaten um, cum, so don't don't make was, me don't get mad at me. <laughs> that that Brit nerd, it was a joke. I love all the English foods that I have had. I have loved everything, even if it's and I know it's not authentic because it's here in the United States. Um, but um, there are plenty of expats from England that have set up their own restaurants out here, um, and you know I've had traditional shepherd's pie and spotted dick and oh with um, lamb, what with actual lamb? Uh, yeah, nice. I've eaten, no, actually, I've, I've eaten spotted dick. It's delicious. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, yes. When I, I made it was in a can too, where you boil. We boil the can. They always find a way <laughs> to boil it. And it, remember, I told you I ate the cake, and it, it almost—it was so sweet, it made me pass out. But you're right; it is a stereotype. <laughs> it is a stereotype. Uh, we cannot talk. I mean, just like and I'm sorry if people say things about American food about how it's oversalted and there's way too much cheese and it's covered in bacon. Unfortunately, that's not a stereotype because it's fucking true. We're putting bacon in fucking everything in this country. You can make fun I've of put American bacon in cuisine my ice cream. all you want. Yeah, but make fun of it, but it's delicious though. Don't don't 
make make fun of us for eating unhealthily, but don't don't ever mm-hmm. say it doesn't mm-hmm. taste good. Come on, man. A hot dog wrapped in bacon and slathered in cheese is fucking delicious, even without the okay, bun. Okay, see, we set it. We set them off. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So. <clears throat> Sir Kidalot says, actually, it's an M134 minigun firing a 7.62 millimeter, or possibly okay. an XM214 microgun firing a 5.656 millimeter. Mm-hmm. The Vulcan fires 20, 20 millimeter shells and is far too heavy to be schlepped through the jungle, even by the, yeah, the I, burliest I, of mustachioed manly men. Let him fin- let me finish. Jeez. Not to mention the handheld Vulcan would break your wrist, dis- dislocate your arm, and send you flying forwards from the recall. <laughs> As such, it is only mounted on vehicles, usually ships or aircraft. Mm-hmm. And I said Vulcan knowing it, knowing it was wrong. Okay, so the minigun... Uh, I, I, now, Newing? what about the minigun is not is not powerful enough to knock you on your ass? Because that's usually mounted, is it not? Not the minigun. The Vulcan is specifically designed for being on some sort of vehicle, and he's right, usually on uh, an aircraft. Okay. So um, the minigun is designed to be carried. It can be used, or you set it up on a tripod mm-hmm. and you use it that way. And if I'm wrong, he'll tell me in yeah. the next show. Um, Sir Kidalot also says, It's been hypothesized that the humanoid body layout, two limbs for moving, two limbs for manipulating objects, with a a body with digestive, respiratory, reproductive crap as a distinct head with the the thinky-thinky parts on the uh, the sensory organs, is probably the most efficient and therefore most likely basic plan to a most advanced alien life would adhere to. Uh, Enough limbs to uh, invent fire and stuff, but not so many to compete with a big brain for energy. Senses senses clustered in rotatable head because this is what predators usually have and predatory animals produce big brains hunting for with uh, for hunting with and two legs so that the, the being can uh, run uh, can run about as a predator while leaving the free arms to do free whatever aliens do. This mm-hmm. is only hypothetical, of course. Well, yeah, because we yeah. don't have any aliens to know. It may turn to out say, the uh, optimum body layout is a spider and human humans being the sapient species on Earth is an anomaly. That's a possibility. Yeah. Either is a possibility, yeah. Um, One more. Okay. Anne Ball Gang, which I initially Anne read. Ball Gang, yeah. I, which I initially yeah. read as Anna Ball Gang Bang for some reason. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> says I, uh, I at nineteen oh eight minutes. I don't know what we were talking about. This is technically true, but historians have confirmed that in the nineteen fifties, the CIA intentionally campaigned in the U.S. to whitewash surviving Axis collaborators for purposes of anti-communism. The CIA. He also gave us a Google Doc to look at. Um, the CIA oh. also intentionally imported former fascists into the U.S. as falsified their records to bypass legal concerns. What were we talking about? Were we talking I have about no idea. why we were in that particular area for the for the movie? I'm not certain. We might have been talking about Carl Weathers in the CIA or something. Okay, all right. I'm not certain, but I uh, yeah yeah. Our the CIA has done a bunch of fucking bullshit in in the history of our country. So <laughs> imagine if that was the book. The CIA has done a bunch of fucking bullshit. (laughs) Thanks, guys. And remember, if you want to comment on this one, go to SoundCloud, go to the comment section, and leave your comment there and let us know how fucking dumb we are. Thank you. And now on to this shitty movie. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. So, hey, tell him what. Nah, uh, buh, buh. Oh, you need I got to tell him what Daryl is because probably nobody's seen it. <laughs> no, they have to watch it before they listen to this podcast. They don't have to, but yeah. Daryl is a 1985 film about a young boy who is let out of a uh, military facility. Um, and at first, you have no idea why he is being abandoned on the side of the road, but inevitably, what you figure out is that this boy is very special. He is he is capable of of uh, beating computers at at their own games. He is capable of uh, understanding. Uh, I, I'm sorry, being polite to every adult he sees, which is literally impossible for a kid. Um, he's also um, he's lost his memory. He has no idea where he is, and he gets adopted by this very sweet family. Um, and it's yeah, it's 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 literally one of those three beat movies. Because no you know. attempt is made at all to find his parents. No, there are. <laughs> because inevitably the parents are found, and then you discover that Daryl is a cyborg. Is mm-hmm. he a cy- wait? What is the description? Because no. he is a human flesh body and tire with a microcomputer brain. Is that correct? That would be a cyborg. That's a cyborg. Okay, I didn't know. If it cyborg was else. is fleshy, fleshy mixed with. With robot. Okay. Okay. That's that's why they're called the Borg. Mm. Get it? They just took the Psy part off. Sounds clever, sweeter. Star Trek. Huh? <laughs> I said a line from the Star Trek. I Psy heard it. Yeah. <laughs> I just hurt myself swallowing too hard. I hate that. I hate that when yeah. it happens. Anyway, he learns a bunch of crap, and then they take him back, and then he steals a plane, and then he fucking dies, but he's not dead. The end. <laughs> he's like it's a stupid movie so the science doesn't matter bye <laughs> stomps away from the microphone well okay so can i start can i start go ahead can i start okay there's only one thing that really that really bothered me i mean because most of this is dopey kid in the suburbs that can do some neat stuff right mm-hmm. that's for the most part that's what it is and so the one thing that stuck out to me was the sr-71 at some point oh, in an plane? attempt to get back home yeah he okay. escapes from the military and he steals an sr-71 mm-hmm. and when he first sees it it's in a hangar and it's sitting there okay do you want to know some unique things about the SR-71? You can't just get into the plane by touching a button on the outside. Can you? Yeah, that's not that how that yeah, that's true. Also, the <laughs> SR-71 is designed to be um well, it, basically as it heats up, it, its joints expand. It becomes more stable when it's at, uh, operating at its uh optimal when once it takes off and it goes up into the atmosphere. So when it's down on the ground, they don't fuel the SR-71 until right before takeoff because it's constantly leaking fuel. And that doesn't stop until it gets into its operating atmosphere and all of the seams, that it just kind of all pops back into place. That's how it's designed. But when he sees the SR-71 in this movie, not only is it standing all by itself in an open hangar with no doors, but it's not constantly leaking fuel. He just jumps in it and starts booking it. So they picked the wrong plane. They really did. I mean, they picked the neatest plane. I personally love the SR-71. Is it a stealth plane? um, 
it's not a stealth plane because it the, the is... outer coating there i mean i'm not i'm not much into planes but that that particular appearance and design i've seen it on other jets uh that well I... you've seen it on stealth jets and the oh. stealth bomber okay okay but um it's it's a spy plane mm-hmm. it's made to go up very 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 high and spy on other countries right okay and we use that until we realize we can put satellites up there that can do a much better job but um, it's 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 a super neat plane. But um, here's some of the things they said in the movie that it has. It has a self-destruct button. Well, I would think they that said, the military could... would install something like that. Now, as a layman, that's what I would think, that they would have something like that. So it, if it got stolen, they could just go boom, bye. Okay. No. The SR-71 is was considered a highly classified vehicle. Everyone knows about it, though. Um, in order for that to get stolen, someone would have to make it all the way there through military personnel. And the minute anyone broke into the hangar in order to steal it, alarms would have gone off. So if the person hadn't been shot approaching the SR-71, if they managed to get into the cockpit, first they'd have to have the crew fuel it. It's not just one guy, you know, you don't just roll it up to a gas station and you plug it, you put it in the gas. Someone actually has to fuel the damn thing. And jet, so and gasoline if, and jet fuel aren't the same thing. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but let's just say, for the sake of argument, it still has to taxi and take off. And by the time someone has already gotten to the SR-71, they know that someone's there and someone's stealing it. They would have destroyed it if mm-hmm. they felt that it was about to take off, rather than someone taking off, flying it somewhere, They would have destroyed it, it with, and, like, an, what, like a, a rocket launcher or something? Right. Mm-hmm. And they're not terribly concerned about destroying it in midair because if they it, if the SR-71 ever had mechanical issues and the and the pilot had to bail and that thing went into the ground it would basically disintegrate there would be no way to reverse engineer from the wreckage of the SR-71 once it's if it's flying at its full operational height which is practically in space to begin with it would just crash and it would be obliterated into smithereens so there isn't going to be an auto self destruct on it one it would never make it it would never make it to the runway much less be able to take off because mm-hmm. they and they just kind of stand sh- there and watch <laughs> yeah they just stand there and go look at that someone's stealing one of our most expensive airplanes top secret aircraft <laughs> okay and this was my this was my thing okay how much more expensive do you think that daryl is i oh, for geez. me i'm thinking about i'm thinking about this Okay, so it, actually, let's go through all the other questions, and then and then I and then and then I'll bring that up because there are others other stuff. Yeah, that we, we can need bring to that up into. when we're talking when we're talking <clears throat> about Daryl. Okay, um, so when we first see him uh, in in regular street clothes, he 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 interacts with some children, and they he's mm-hmm. just like, I don't understand games. Got I got to go poop, and then he leaves. He doesn't say right. that, but. So my my question is that they built this sophisticated brain into a child. Why? Yeah. I don't know. That's never they, they explained. They never explained. Why did they never No, so here's the problem with Daryl number 1. How much he hasn't reached puberty. Okay, his body that they have Where did number 1? Where did the body come from? Yeah, yeah. Was it grown? Was it a kid's body that they just took the brain out of and said, did you know, they kidnap did a they kid? Did they traffic a fucking child and then remove its brain and this, just scoop that out. Just Yeah, just scoop put, it out. We're putting something else in. And then put that in there. <laughs> but it's a 10-year-old's body. It's a physical flesh and blood, heart, lungs, muscles, bones, right? And they just, I guess they just connected the brainstem up to a computer, right? Yeah. 
Because that's possible. So, um, <laughs> so the first problem with that is that Daryl's body, if it's working, right? Mm-hmm. If his computer brain has programs in there to um, signal its signal his body to release hormones for him to continue to mature, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. it's got to do it at some point. You just insert them. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen what happens to people who don't who have hormone deficiency? or the yes their... I remember okay. watching a 30 minute documentary about a person who was 25 years old and still had not gone through puberty it was mm-hmm. horrifying it was it was yeah. horrifying right also why would you create I mean I kind of get it they want to have a robot but they can't build the robot body they've built a brain that mimics human uh, uh, human brain activity, mm-hmm. where it can learn independently, it can learn through observation, right? It can develop emotions on its own. Someone in the movie says, what was it? I can't remember. The, the, the direct quote was, um, geez Louise, it was kind of like... Was it the one at the relating end it, where he's... They're relating it to the Turing test, where they kind of oh, implied... Oh, she says, she says it becomes... It becomes like a human. It's one. It's the female doctor who you think is kind of yeah. a, a see you next Tuesday, but then later she's not. She says she mm-hmm. says they they become it becomes considered a human when you can't tell right. The I mean, it, it, what was it? A machine? Uh, she says something like, "General, a machine becomes human when you can't tell the difference anymore." Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like that's kind of related to the Turing test, even though we've kind of said that the Turing test is no longer an acceptable acceptable test. Yeah, that's another question I had, which was what what thing could he do to prove that he is an autonomous creature with its own with his own sentient thoughts what could he do to make them believe that he has thoughts feelings um that he is uh, alive like uh Johnny Five. Okay, you know? so here's my question. He, when the, so the, the, a doctor at the lab where they're making Daryl um, helps him escape and dumps him on the side of the road and then he blows up in a car crash. Did they make Daryl's brain capable of developing human emotions? Well, he seems to have them right from the start. I mean, he, yeah, he's, like I said, he when he seems, interacts with the children, he he looks but he confused, has am- which is something He that... has amnesia. He doesn't remember what, he doesn't remember the lab they don't he doesn't remember that he's basically being built by the by the military by a company called Tascom right mm-hmm. and so they keep saying his brain is a super sophisticated sophisticated microcomputer with several unique capabilities they don't say what those capabilities are but you know he's, he's supposed to have exceptional reflexes um what else he can hack other computer systems right mm-hmm. like easy breezy he can just hack right into it um he can multitask um, far superior than than human beings, and they they're it's like they're it's they intend to make him a super soldier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So so that that comes into question is that is that why? So in in one and well that's just a movie flaw, but in one instance he doesn't know how to interact with other children, and then as soon as he meets Turtle, they're they yeah, best they're best buddies. They're best buddies. buddies. Right. Yeah. Um, so the indication is is that this this microcomputer. Which is not only regulating his body functions, right? It has to. Is this 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 processing computer is 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 regulating his body functions? You know, it. I'm going to assume that as he gets older, it's you know going to send out the signals necessary for the body to change through puberty, so that he can become an adult. <coughs> but right? that can't happen without the regular some of the regulatory systems in the human brain. 
Yeah. So that's a problem. You need the pituitary yeah. gland. You need, um, you, uh, oh my God, you need, you need like, you need a brain. You need the brain. Cause so right. I, I, I mean, unless it's part brain, part machine where they have a pituitary gland glued they to it. They didn't say I that mean, though. Elm with glue. His, his brain is a microcomputer. So here's, a, I have another question just about the, just about the microcomputer inside of his head. Mm-hmm. What's powering it? Farts. <laughs> <laughs> No, okay, and this and and that comes to another problem I, I have later on. Okay, um, it's it, well, I guess we can go over it. So let me find it. Yeah, here. let's go over it. Yeah. Um, now, when you get into the Tascom computer uh, database, that is a database, mm-hmm. and I know it for a fact because back in the eighties, I mean, well, my dad's still a database administrator, but back in the eighties mm-hmm. and nineties, when I used to visit him at work, not only not only did it look exactly like that in those computer rooms with the tapes, the cassettes, the the right. giant, you know, whopper-sized machines with microcomputers and 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 uh, RAM used to weigh ten pounds. Well, not literally, but yeah, it, that was the most advanced computers being being done. That like and in the eight, 1985, that's a snapshot of what a database would look like. Tascoms so, and craze, yeah. So having seen it and known that that's actually what it was, it was like that all the way till the mid '90s when they mm-hmm. started to translate everything over to CDs and then. You know we don't. You know what we're doing right. now. So my my issue is this: How the fuck on earth do are they still using a database like that when they're able to develop a machine that can mimic the human brain? First of right. all, they plug him in or Bluetooth. I don't know how and playback video from his brain that is as clear as say uh, you know shitty shitty early digital of mm-hmm. him at a a birthday party choosing between vanilla and chocolate ice cream, which is something that I think a lot of people miss about this film was that that's that's like a a philosophical conundrum chocolate how did you choose chocolate or vanilla i think a lot of people ignore that but they play back that video let's say that you make a three and a half minute video from a birthday party how much space does it take up on your phone exactly four megabytes right probably four or five Mm -hmm. six megabytes depending how so i'm assuming that they have the recording of the moment that he was he came into existence until Mm -hmm. the moment he walked back in now we are talking Not just that, probably petabytes of space to contain every single moment, Mm -hmm. waking or sleeping, because obviously he has to sleep, because even if he has a human brain, his body still needs to rest. The metabolic process is still, they have to, they have to slow down at some point. But in his, so is, are they, did they somehow get our hard drives? I got a fucking hard drive right here that can fill my hand. Our hard drives with terabytes, petabytes of information and stick it into his brain. Yet for some reason, the database that's inside that building is what they're using to store all of the information. No. So he's not he's not bluetoothed. Yeah. It's it's not like he's running off a cloud and his actual brain is a computer housed somewhere and the memories are stored there on a computer remotely. He doesn't have the cloud. Um <clears throat> and he's not running on Wi-Fi either. Um the problem with his brain is that it is in a finite space which is his skull. Mm-hmm. And there's only so much... So here are some of the inherent problems with that. Eventually, if he is constantly recording, his brain is going to run out of memory. The ability to store what he's recording, Mm -hmm. right? What happens at that point? Uh, Take out the brain and put in a new one? I don't know. What happens on your... Well, this is the thing. They also do show Turtle communicating with the database that has, I'm assuming, an exact copy of his brain because he says, you're not talking to Daryl. You're talking to Daryl on the database. 
So he uh -huh. ex he does exist in a, in some form in, in, a, in a cloud that he communicates he? with, and he is constantly dumping information into that into that because he 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 says I still don't know what a hooker is. Remember? Oh yeah. He go, and he, to prove that it's him, it's him. I thought that was because he was hooked up to it. No, no, because how's he? Okay. They only show him hooked up to machines a few times, and one okay. of them is to do a surgery that they don't complete because he says that he's scared, which is something that well machines can't mm -hmm. do, as far as we know. Right. Get scared? <clears throat> yeah. 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 So, I mean, I'm just talking about, we're going to get into the more philosophical parts of this, but, I mean, just from just from the physical limitations of having a microcomputer as a brain, there's no way to power it. power it. Maybe they figured out some sort of way that it can take glucose and convert it into electricity that will, in turn, power the brain. Okay. But... That's pretty uh, complex, too, that? along with all the space you need for storage. There has been prob that there have been people who have been proposing that there will be implants that they could put into the human body that will be powered by the glucose within our bloodstream. I'm pretty wait, I'm pretty sure that there is actually uh, I've seen a few cells control a mm -hmm. machine. Right. right. How many of his nerve endings are how many how much of of his nervous system is connected to that brain? It has to it has be, all, to be of all of it. Yeah. Right. His fleshy fleshy eyes <coughs> connect to his brain, right? Mm -hmm. They have to. He has regular eyes. He has a regular mouth. So how much of... so? <laughs> and he eats. So he can... He eats. He, he has the ability to process all of the sensations that he's experiencing. Touch, smell, sound, taste, right? He maintains his balance, so he has a sense of balance, right? And then we get into... He has a sense of self, right? He has to. And preservation as well. Right. So they programmed all of that into this brain. It's contained in the programming that's within his this microcomputer inside of his head. Mm -hmm. And yet what they now, show, yet what they show. Yeah. Remember when they do the MRI? Which why would you put that brain in an MRI? I, I would. Um, you if you wanted to destroy it, sure. They put the brain inside of an MRI, which I'm assuming, which I'm assuming has metal has metal parts. Um, hey, how do you they, how they do you quickly goes, destroy your computer? They do the they do the virtual re, the 1980s virtual reality fly through of a computer, and uh -huh. beep, beep 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 beep, and it looks like when you know the Terminator's ac accessing the port that's that that works. And right, the circuit right. boards that are inside of his, that they're showing inside of his head, though virtual, look like the ones that we had back in the 1980s. Back in the, yeah. yeah. It's horseshit. <laughs> it's horseshit. Uh, which makes okay. it fun. That's why I chose the movie. Hey, do computers heat up? Yeah, a lot. Okay, so how come his head's not on fire? <laughs> <laughs> well, because his his uh, uh, his 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 uh, uh, skin draws mm. the heat away, just like it does in a regular human body. So, however, I mean, I don't I don't know if it would be able to regulate the kind of like if I touch the back of my computer right now, it's actually I'm gonna say it's about a hundred degrees. Right. It's it's warm. It's warm to the touch. 100 okay. degrees. Picture Fahrenheit. the bottom of your laptop yeah. when it starts to heat up. Yeah. Right. And it is being cooled by three fans. It, it's a, yeah. inside of a Mac. It's a logic board, so that it actually right. has three cooling fans. The design of the design of their microprocessors, their 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 main core. It has, I believe, it has three cores. Is that they mm -hmm. are large and they are flat. And they right. are very thin. They are thin uh, gold and I believe, uh, uh, well, anyway, <laughs> I don't want to get it wrong because I don't want to get corrected. But anyway, right, 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 right. the heat needs to be dissipated with a, with a heat sink as well as a, what is the name of that type of um, 
I forgot what it's called. It has a, it is a piece of aluminum that's stuck to the top of it that has a mm-hmm. it has a, a, a layer of cream in between that draws the heat away from the processor and then mm-hmm. into the fan where that is drawn away and then blown out the back of the computer. Right. That is right. just a one three gigahertz processor. Mm-hmm. And it needs to have three cores split in one thin, thin metal. Right. And yet for right. some reason with silicon, that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. At, that is drawing this heat away. And that's a that's a mostly modern processor. And yet inside of his what is regulating the heat? I agree with you. What right. is regulating does he have a cooling fan? Does it come out no. of his ass? Does the farts that no. do the farts that power the brain go out of his, his ass and back out of his ass? No. No. Maybe he sweats a lot, but I don't ever remember seeing him sweating. <laughs> yeah, he literally never sweats. Yeah. No. He he they basically made sure it was like remember the old Xbox when it would get the red ring of death? One of the ways you could fix it is by cooking it. And you'd wrap it in a blanket and turn it on and it would overheat and the leads would reconnect and then you could turn it on and oh, hopefully wow. it worked. So I bet you don't even know this. Yes, I do remember, but the PlayStation three and four both had a similar problem called the yellow light of death, where the processor would heat up, cook off that that little cream layer that's in between the heatsink mm-hmm. and the and the processor, and then once that happened, it would heat up, and then it would go pew and shut off because it didn't want to cook right. the processor. He has no cooling system for this for this brain. Farts. Right. So they must have overcome that problem. Maybe they have something that can run cool. They have something that can run cool, convert glucose into electricity, enough electricity to power the Although brain. Although I right? believe that there is a product called presently, not back in the eighties, a product that is. Uh, um, it is on the bottom of the space shuttle, and now like, is it aerofoam or something like that? Okay. That literally it it draws it draws heat away from the metal parts. It cools them down mm-hmm. very quickly, and you can actually hold it in your hand if, if, after it's been heated and drew heat away, and it won't it won't burn mm-hmm. your hand. I forgot what it's called, but so his brain is wrapped in this material. It's yes, he's alive, okay. wrapped in aerogel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's just take the assumption that his brain is running on a battery somehow, okay? Okay. It's not, it doesn't have this this magical glucose um, power source. Mm-hmm. He needs to eat, right? He needs to eat food to keep his body alive. Mm-hmm. So yeah. here's what I anticipate if this was long-term and he wasn't generating his own electricity through glucose. He would become a diabetic rapidly. The brain eats all the sugar that you in, that you put into, almost all. Not all, but I mean, it, that's what it wants. It wants glucose. It wants to get okay. sugar. It doesn't run on fat. It runs on sugar, right? Yeah. Well, now he has a brain that doesn't run on sugar at all. But he's got to consume food that will then have to be burned somehow. Yeah, he would not be the skinny not, little boy that for a very long time would, I mean, he... No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. <clears throat> and, you know, he has to eat in order to power the rest of his body, his lungs, his heart, all the other stuff. So that, uh, you know, his outer covering stays alive. And I still keep going back to the same thing. Why a boy? Why not a robot robot, right? Just a regular Or an robot. adult. Or an adult. <laughs> exactly. Why did it have to be a 10-year-old? That, that's never even approached. It was just like the craziest scientist came out and said, I want a, I want a flesh and blood 10-year-old boy. And um, <laughs> all... Of, <laughs> Mr. All Epstein, of, get out of here. 
Right. And one of the other things that I was always curious about is they don't have a version of his brain, right? Mm-hmm. Not just there being used as a computer. They have built the most sophisticated computer ever, and they put the only one they have into the body of this 10-year-old boy, right? Right. If I was a computer scientist and I had created this brain that was capable of doing what, what Daryl's Daryl was doing, I wouldn't have made just one, and I would have made a version that can act like a regular computer, except its computer, you know, its computing capabilities would be off the charts compared to anything that we had in 1985. Yeah. Right? But we don't have, they, when we go back to Tascom, they're, you know, uh, they're reel-to-reel, these huge monster cabinet computers, and their interfaces are, you know, standard, what we used to consider monitor screens. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Green. Mm -hmm. Green text. It's it's dumb. I don't don't (laughs) like it. Yep. All right, so uh, here's a couple of things. Um, okay. When he's playing the video game, for some reason, simply because he wants it to, the whole video game speeds up. Now, I played that game when I was a kid. Yeah, pole. it was it was pole position. Okay, and uh, just because you happen to be better at it did not make the video game play faster. That's right. Not, that's not science, but... But um, that's what he did. He could play it faster. Was it a Commodore 64 he was playing? Probably a Commodore. I, I'm not sure. Atari. Um, okay, and the scene where he's saying that the, the he can only prove that the math was off by a, a couple of decimal points, all of the math that's on the board, nothing, no calculus needed to solve it at, at all. It's literally <laughs> a division and subtraction, a little bit of algebra. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Um, okay, so ATMs back in the mid-1980s would have required a lot more coding in order to manipulate someone's bank statement, so you couldn't just do it from the keypad outside. The reason I know this for a fact was because, again, my father used to program ATMs. That was his first job working for Casco Bank in Maine. And mm-hmm. um, what, he, what he described <laughs> as was... It was a big, huge honkin' machine that filled a room, and the computer mm-hmm. boards were like were like the size of my screen, and they were right. they were they were cooled, and it, the air is constantly flowing to keep these things mm-hmm. cool. And he would go in in his desk, and he had these punch cards, and this was so you could you could go oh so you can amazingly get your money outside of the bank. Look at that. Right? Yeah. On the That's inside, great. there's a little man, just like just like how you think the refrigerator <laughs> light is turned on by a little man. That was my dad. He would take these okay. punch cards and put and put them into this machine that would read them. With they had little holes in them. And it would uh-huh. fucking go. It would fucking go beep beep boop boop boop, and these lights would blink up. He didn't have a screen interface. These lights no. would blink up, and if a certain number of lights were turned on, he had to memorize which ones, then put the punch card in for that correct one. That's what he did. Let me, let me just, he did it all day. Let's so lay this No, Daryl could not Bluetooth into the fucking ATM. And then... Nobody could hack into the ATM to do jack shit. No, you couldn't. No, nobody could. No. No, no, uh, no one could. <laughs> all right. I have lots of stuff, but I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. if you have anything. Um, Daryl can instantaneously learn a sport. Uh, yes, and I also said the same thing about piano. Yeah, that's that that ha- that actually has to go. That has to go along with the similar argument we were making about the Matrix, mm-hmm. where you can't just download things like that. Your brain would fucking heat up and cook. Well, if he's a, even if he's a machine brain, the body has to be able to learn how to do that. There is there is mm-hmm. muscle memory. Remember, they said that he has better, he has exceptional, you know, he's super fast because the computers are magic and they can make your your body move faster. 
And so he can just learn things. He can hit multiple home runs immediately, mm-hmm. somehow. Right. Right. Um, it's bullshit. Can I, I? There's a there's a really big problem that I have. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, you sure. Ready? It's the ending of this movie. Uh, well, well, okay. okay. No, I got a ton of stuff in between. Okay, keep going. I, I'm just saying. So you're gonna you're probably gonna talk about the same thing I was gonna say. But so um, let me see. Uh, he is in the jet with his parents, quote unquote. And um, he is in the front asking the pilots about all of the the altimeters and the knobs and pulleys and and thingamabobs and bricks on strings and Mm -hmm. whatever. That would not translate to flying that fucking jet later on. That is that no. that is literally them saying, "Hey, he just looks at this and he learns it. And now he can fly in a massive military jet." Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, also the cockpit of that SR seventy one is completely inaccurate. It had screens and shit in it that didn't exist. Part of that was because the cockpit of the SR seventy one. There is no way they would ever let a movie crew crew film it. Number one. Um, and uh, this is another thing that I wanted to bring up when we were talking about the SR seventy one. Hey, guess what? It can't do. What? It can't vary its signal to call a walkie-talkie. Oh yeah, I think I did. I think I did say that later on. I was I was like, I'm pretty sure that. It, I mean, what is a walkie-talkie frequency? What is the frequency yeah, even? It, it it's short too. You can only do it from like maybe one house to another. That might be better now. Uh-huh. But. He calls his walkie-talkie from hundreds of miles away. And he's like, I'm going to be there in a few minutes. And he's like, okay, your walkie-talkie is not that powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, all, right, all right, so uh, how is he controlling the machines? Magic. Yes, okay, so you br- there you go. So I can That's almost the only touch way he you can. for the low, low price of nine ninety nine. Hey, did you know that you can learn how to drive by, by playing pole position? Yes. No, you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> so he says he, later on, he grabs a car and he does, he makes the car go up on two wheels on Oh, he watches a movie doing side. it, too. He's, remember, he's oh, watching yeah, like he 18 watched, screens at once. Right. And he instantaneously learns how to become a stunt car driver. Um, pole position is a game that had two buttons. <laughs> No steering wheel, no brake pedal, no no gas joystick, no gas pedal. But somehow he translates that into being able to drive a real car. (laughs) No, he didn't. We're not that dumb, Hollywood. God damn it. (laughs) <laughs> All right, just to film this That's like mistake. saying I know how to sword fight because I played enough Oblivion on Elder Scrolls. That's Oblivion. how I, I learned. Now I, I don't yeah, have right. actual swords right over there. <laughs> that I, yeah. So anyway, just a film mistake, but why the fuck would you let a family go into a military installation to tell them the truth about your cyborg kid? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Okay, so. The um, kid would disappear and you'd all be shot. <laughs> Um, oh, I don't even know why I asked this. Was there a scene where an X-ray was fired at a computer? I don't think so. Was an X? They needed to take an X-ray of something. Oh, they needed to take an X-ray of him, and they didn't oh, do okay. it. But I, what effect would that have on? I mean, I I don't know. I don't know necessarily know if it would do anything to a computer. Nothing real. I mean, here's the thing. What do you do? Oh, you've never been to an airport. N- I, well, no, I've been to an airport. I've picked people up from the fucking airport, dude. Yeah. TF well, Green I mean, and 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 uh, NBOS. If you have your la- if you have your laptop, it whoop, goes through the X-ray machine. Okay. All right. All right. Um, let me see. Great security there. You uh, U.S. material. You, you let Turtle right into the room. He just sneaks away and goes into the room. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, does Daryl have constant communications with his data bank? So, if so, how does he do it? Right. That would have to be either... Huh. 
Well, I mean, there's a number of ways that he could do it, I guess. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, the driving is literally impossible. You've already said this, but my thing is, his feet wouldn't touch the pedals, even if the even if the bench seat of that particular car, which had a bench seat, mm-hmm. um, was was brought all the way to the front. I believe it was a Lesabre, um something like yeah. that. And uh, even if it was brought directly to the front, and also the way that the car is weighted, obviously the stunt driver is he- is heavy enough to keep to keep the wheels balanced on two. You can't just do that with a mm-hmm. kid; it would just roll back. It would just roll over because you're <laughs> they're they're literally using their own weight and the weight and the and the to balance the car on the two tires. And you have a, a I can't remember how did he get it up on two tires. He rode it up the side of another car, I think, or or okay. a ramp. Okay. Um, um, let me see. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know for a fact that even back in the 80s, police officers' cars and their dashes and things like that are n- were not so easily accessible. Um, you can't no. just get into a police officer's car, even back then. I, I remember doing a couple of ride-alongs when I was a kid and turn it on. Mm-hmm. You can't just get into the car, turn the key, and drive away. There's actually a couple of protocols that, or there's something that needs to be done. Sometimes it's flipping the light switch three times and then hitting the gas pedal a couple of times or holding down a certain button that's underneath the dashboard or something like that. But he literally just okay. opens up the car, accesses the, the uh, uh, fuses, unplugs them, and then the car, he just, oh, well, ha <laughs> copper. Yeah, when you unplug fuses, the car runs automatically after you do that. Oh, is my oh is my oh shit is my headset what? dying? Is your what? Keep recording. I am. He's having a headset problem. I think it's because it's not charged, and now his headset uh, is well, pooping out on him. Well, I can still hear you, so I'm not. Uh, I don't know what to say. Oh, that was interesting. No, it wasn't. Anyway, <laughs> he we had to stop because his computer is poopy. It is poopy. There's something wrong with it. Mm. Um. Okay. So um. Let me see. Any more little things here? The shotgun shell through the windshield and into his chest would have killed him a lot faster. Yeah. Um, at at that distance, maybe not, but it was a shotgun, mm-hmm. so it's it, you know it's multiple pellets or of balls flying through the windshield and entering his chest where it entered on the right side of his body would have immediately uh, broken broken through his ribs and right. and colla- and collapsed his lung on that side. And uh, the, your right lung is the larger one, and obviously he wouldn't be. He'd be like. <gasps> <laughs> like he'd be he'd be dying really fast. Um, although I uh, let me see. Uh, uh, he goes through an unelectrified fence into a military installation. Yeah, and just swats a dog away and gets into where you you already went. Yeah. This part. Um, whoa, maybe someone else can answer. But what does prevent foo mean? What? I don't know what that means. I didn't look it up. I was supposed to look it up, but I didn't. I'm assuming in a, like it, it says prevent foo on the on the side of the building. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. All right. I wonder how fast he would be able to get from Virginia uh, to the southern tip of Florida in a jet like that, because it shows him traveling for what I'm assuming. It say he they say 20 minutes, but no, uh, no, it's not that fast. It's pretty fast, though. It, right? It's a fast. It is a very fast jet, but it's made to fly at out very high altitude. Okay. Okay. And if it's on an extended mission, it does need to be refueled. Usually, sometimes in flight, it will refuel in flight and then continue on. Um, and it is fast, but it's not so fast that it can travel. I think where did they where did they take off? Where was the the base again? Somewhere. In so the I'm up- gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna say Alex. Let me see Alexandria, Alexandria, Virginia, Andrea, Virginia. I'm I'm just putting it into my Google my uh, okay uh, Apple uh, VA. 
to uh, Miami, Florida. That's because that's how far it looked like it was going. Right. To to Miami, Miami, Florida. Mm. That is a 14-hour drive. <laughs> it's the 1,048 miles, which is what I thought. Mm. But I thought it was about 1,000. I mean, let's say that it was traveling at 1,000 miles an hour. We do hear is it him, really that fast? We do hear him break the... Yeah, he breaks the sound barrier at 700, so he's... He's, he's booking it. It's probably, you know, it's conceivably possible that he makes it. Also, I have to say, what would be the G-force effect on a child's body? Well, I mean, on anybody's body, but he's you not. You have to be able to withstand that as an adult. Some of the moves that, that we keep, see, keep there's out. one where they show him kind of taking straight up into the air, where he's he yeah. looks like he's he's traveling vertical. That would have smashed him into the seat. But the yeah. biggest threat from high G maneuvers is that you lose blood to the brain, right? right. Because oh, well, then you know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> he's got his his body. I don't know because if he's... that would do anything to him necessarily. Like, it can't be good. You have to be trained to be able to do high G maneuvers to keep. Well, if the if the computer does run on glucose, then yeah, that would be a problem. That would be a problem. Him. But yeah. since we don't know, it runs on fairies. I don't. <laughs> I can't say. <laughs> I've got a gas tank full of fairies. <laughs> All right, are we good? Can we do what happens? Um, oh wait, hold on. Um, uh, let me see. How does the ejector seat uh, it work? Once you get, once he lands in the water, there's like a button that triggers so that it releases him. Like, is there a water contingency for ejector seats? No. So that you're not trapped in them when they. Okay, sit? so here's how the ejector seat works. You're strapped into the ejector seat with your with your harness, basically. And it's a four-point restraint, usually uh, across the chest and around the waist. And so when you have to eject, what you're literally doing is the canopy blows off the, sh- blows off the, the uh, aircraft. And then rockets shoot you up past the aircraft into the air. Once you're in the air, you disconnect yourself from the seat and you pull open your parachute. You don't Mm -hmm. stay in your chair and a parachute opens and you descend in your chair because if you land wrong while sitting in a chair, you'll kill yourself even if you're on a, even if you have a parachute. Okay, so here's a, wait, 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 here's a question. But what they show happen before he is capable of pulling that parachute or exiting from the jet seat, they show him pass out from being at a high altitude with not enough oxygen. Yeah, he, he gets knocked out. So, that means that the brain must run on glucose. Mm-hmm. Or or it uses, how would it use oxygen in any other way? Mm-hmm. Like, did they find some some magic? They were like, it's oxygen and magic. Let's just say it's oxygen and magic. Okay. So he passes out. The thing from... lands in the water and sinks to the bottom. Lack of oxygen. Right. Yeah, that's what happens. Uh, so for people with there's that, it brains. lands in the water and then yeah, not robot but brains. He, okay. Yeah, and now let's magic. say because the 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 SR seventy one explodes, right? They self destruct. He punches out right before it blows up. If a piece of it hit him in the head, and that's why he's unconscious, although he doesn't seem to have any injury on his body, right? Mm-hmm. That would mean that his head was damaged, that his computer brain was damaged enough that it caused it him repair to repair itself? Yeah, to lose function, right? Mm. No, it can't repair itself. <laughs> How do you know? 
because they would have said it at some point. Well, because it's also self-repair. How? There's only one way you could self-repair, and that would be as if you had nanites inside of you that could rebuild the damaged areas. Exactly. So if his microcomputer had been damaged, it's permanently damaged. He's not regaining, quote-unquote, consciousness, because whatever damage the microprocessor received is keeping him unconscious, right? Okay. He couldn't have run out of oxygen because his brain doesn't depend on oxygen in order to survive. So, um, pre-9-11... Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm... Okay, this... Okay, the... What we did on 9-11, because at first, as I understand it, we thought... We, we thought it was a test. So, at, it was too late for any jets to scramble and shoot these jets out of the sky. These... Or stop them. Get Whatever. Uh-huh. Whatever. I'm pretty sure the protocols were the same in 1985. I can't imagine with sensitive military planes like that, Mm -hmm. they would not have scrambled jet fighters Mm -hmm. to to intercept this thing. Well, remember, we went over it. It never would have made it it to the runway, number one. If if it were possible to get that far Mm -hmm. and say they weren't... Why would would they blow it up? Like, why? Not only are they blowing up... I'm going to say he cost a trillion dollars. I'm going to say this kid costs a trillion dollars to make. Okay. Where the fuck that money came from during Reaganomics, I have no idea. Who knows? We remember, our plan in during the 1980s was to outspend the Russians. That the Russians would try to compete with us, and their economy would go bankrupt trying to keep up with us. So our plan was to outspend them. Okay. And then you blow up that trillion dollar kid right. inside of a how much? Was it Billy? Was it Ten billion, billion is Probably. what they said in the movie, I think. Sure, they just do that. Mm-hmm. They don't scramble fighter jets or have contingencies like the leaking fuel. or Yeah, or anything <laughs> any like that. that. Right. Yeah. The whole premise of yeah. him even being in the SR-71 is pre- preposterous to begin with. But then, some for some reason, because of movie, he's unconscious. It's like they forgot that he has a computer brain because they wanted us to forget that he has a computer brain so that we can feel sad because he drowned, right? Yeah. He's unconscious, he sinks to the bottom, and he's, and he's all drowned, and everyone thinks that he's well, dead. What we've proven is that he would be dead. Well. If, and all they would have to, I mean, because this is the thing. If his computer brain doesn't need to survive, which oh wait, so are we was are we assuming that it runs on ox? It runs on it runs on glucose or not? If we mm-hmm. assume that it runs on glucose, then the computer just shuts off, right? Right, it just turns it off. It can be restarted. Right. However, if the heart, lungs, and other organs are not functioning, that body will begin to die. No, well, he landed in magic water. He doesn't. Yeah, he just okay. doesn't. <laughs> I mean, because remember, he his Let's body... Let's say from the moment he starts yeah. to lose oxygen all the way until the time we see him under in the in the, in the the uh, hospital under the blanket. Let's say it's mm. an hour. Right. An hour That's... without oxygen. An hour without That'll oxygen. That'll do some damage to your body. Without the heart magic. pumping, without the lungs working. Oh, it's... yeah, and if it's a real human heart, my God, no. Uh-huh. They, he would not, he would be dead. Right. And they would have to take that compute. Well, I mean, he, the person, if, if it's all him contained within the brain, then they could just put it in another body, but... He, that body would be dead. You would not. Yeah, be the body would be it. dead. But uh, apparently, all a scientist has to do is reactivate his electronic brain, and his whole body comes back to life. Sure, sure. Child magic. Mm-hmm. What caused um, him to resurface? Okay. By the way. So what I saw was it hits the bottom. Right. It hits the bottom, and then there's some lever that detaches and and removes the four point restate, and he floats to the top. But if he ran out of oxygen, there would be no oxygen in his lungs. No, so that probably he wouldn't be buoyant. So yeah, science. <laughs> um, 
Um, let me see. But either way, I think that's the end of my your most hated movie that we've done. <laughs> the problem with this you movie is that questions? it was just terribly boring. It really was. <laughs> it was just so goddamn boring. It's like, I'm going to watch this, this, this government thriller about an escaped robot, and instead you watch this dopey kid just wander around the it suburbs for an hour and a half. fantastic concept if they redid it now with all of the contingencies met that we just named. Okay, sure. Anyway. Anyway, so yeah, what's your grade for this movie? Oh, an F. <laughs> it fails. It fails here too. It really does. It was not written with any kind of science in mind at all. No. Computer science, biology, you know, just the fundamental. They they didn't even sit down for a second and even think for a minute how this could possibly work. They had the premise, and that's all they had. Right? Oh, sure. He's got a computer for a brain. Let's go with that. Why is he in a ten-year-old body, sir? I don't care. I don't. I don't know. We need kids. Kids' movies are hot, 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 baby. So he's gonna be a ten-year-old. Especially in the eighties. Yeah. Get that kid from Neverending Story. Put him in. Put him in it. He'll be great. And uh... he'll be fine. He'll keep doing movies. <laughs> no, he won't. Um, yeah, it's Have an F from me him? too. It's an F. <laughs> this is this is so. I mean, it has a dopey premise, but it doesn't move fast enough for you to not think of the dopey premise. In fact, it drags so much that you, you're sitting there going, "Wait, how does this work again? How does his brain work?" <laughs> if I shot him in the chest, I guess technically his body would die. Where are they going to get another ten-year-old's body to put his brain into? That's Do I the have part. To keep mentioning Epstein. The one part that I really want. Just ignore me. You just what did you right say? What did it. you say? I'm sorry. I said, "Do I have to keep mentioning Epstein?" <laughs> they calling him to get the ten-year-old bodies. Yeah. We got a lot of girls. You sure you don't want it in a girl? No, I want a little boy's body, Epstein. All right, to each his own. I mean, I think you're disgusting. I mean, it's literally the premise is for no... The military wanted a super soldier, so they put a computer inside of a little boy's body for no apparent reason. They never said why it needed to be a 10-year-old. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> <laughs> I still like the movie. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, you know what? If you and Steve do it, we're never touching. It's not a classic. You are the only person that remembers it. Me and you were the only ones that rented the fucking thing this week. They're like, what's going on? Two people wanted Daryl? What the hell? <laughs> and then a whole bunch of people surrounding this. No, everybody else has to rent it, too. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> Fuck you, Daryl. I fucking love it. <laughs> That's why I chose it. That's why I chose it. All right. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> do you want to know what we're going to do next? <coughs> Excuse me, next time? <coughs> no. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay, so now we're done with Daryl. Let's move on to some other part of science. Can Shall we, please? Can we? It's kind of related. It's about bringing life from lifelessness, right? Okay. So the next movie that we're going to review is from a really old movie. <laughs> almost, almost, but not quite. And I can't believe I'm saying this. Old. It's almost 100 years old. Yeah. The movie that we're going to review next is the classic horror movie, Frankenstein. 
right? You agreed. 1931. That's yes. right. You've got to say 1931 because mm-hmm. there are a couple that were made after. That's true. 19, just a couple. 1931 Frankenstein. And so that's it. It's Frankenstein. It's from whatever. That's it. Thanks. Watch Young Frankenstein instead. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for listening in here at the Institute where we put the science. The science in a kid's head in and then fiction. kill his heart <laughs> and then <laughs> drop him off a cliff. And for some reason the brain lives so it's just limbs twitching. <laughs> Here's the thing. And then they put him in a microwave and for some reason he still lives. I want to see the unsuccessful attempts. Where are the oh, unsuccessful yeah, attempts? <laughs> no, there's just like 12. It'd be like the scene, it'd be like the scene in Alien 4 when she sees uh, one through one through 7 and one of them is like literally a morphed a, a person that looks like a ru- like a rug with a human face. <laughs> and it's like kill me. Kill me. <laughs> it's got bones underneath, oh. under, like a sheet, a sheet draped draped over a bunch of bone parts. Mm-hmm. And if I have somewhere in the world is. of Daryl, there is a school that keeps having little boys disappear hey, my from My name it. is Daryl, and I'm Daryl number one. And 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 and. Okay. And my brain keeps heating up so badly I can't do anything. Say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Cinetific is a Let Me Listen podcast production with Jason Harding and Atticus Blake. You can find more Let Me Listen podcasts at our website at lemmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes under Let Me Listen. Please subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find us on Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter. Cinetific is also a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to contribute just $1 a month to support this podcast or any of the other podcasts that Lemmy Listen produces, please visit our page at Patreon. Just search for Lemmy Listen Podcasts, or you can click the Patreon link on our website. And thanks for listening.